0: Hey, so if you're in marriage counseling, you're trying everything to win your marriage back. You're just trying to figure stuff out and nothing seems to be working. You're doing probably the wrong thing. So that's why I created my five-day challenge for men just like you who are on the cusp of separation or divorce. You're trying to figure stuff out. You don't know what to do. So look, in this five-day challenge, I'm gonna help you gain clarity on what you need to be doing. I'm gonna help you understand the pain that you're in and what you need to be doing about it, how to fix that. All of this in five days for just five bucks. That's right, five-day challenge five bucks. That's it. Get in, do it now. Don't wait any longer. Get in right now. Do the work. It's easy. Every day you're going to get assignments. Every day you're going to get an action step to take so that you're moving forward and you're going to stop the paralysis that you're in right now where you don't know what to do. You're stuck. All that other stuff. It comes to an end today. Jump in right now. Five bucks. That's all it costs.
1: Jump in today. Let's see on the other side. What is up, gentlemen? And welcome back to another episode of Empowered AF. My name is Joey Wilder, and I am the Client Success Director inside The Empowered Man and the Head Coach inside our Thrive program. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the power of brevity. We will be re-uploading some of Mark's favorite podcasts over the next couple weeks because he is on vacation. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how when when your emotions are set to 11, word vomit comes naturally. And that's exactly what it is vomit. If your thoughts are unclear, your words will be too. With no clear direction, you cannot hope to save your marriage or yourself for that matter. Now, on this episode, Mark lays down the foundations of brevity, showing us the power of shutting up and choosing your words wisely as well as carefully. He explains the effect of pauses and the keys to being a leader in conversation and who you actually need to be in order to be happy and as mark says brevity is leadership and makes you a safe space for her in this episode you're going to hear the steps to establishing the narrative in any situation why you do not need your wife to be happy or a leader how to demand attention with pauses Why your inner scared child comes out in the face of divorce and what women actually look for in a man. I appreciate you being here and I will see you on the inside.
2: All right. All right. It's Wednesday and it is noon. It's been crazy. Um, We're dealing with a lot of uh, new things happening in our VIP program, getting ready for our first retreat in October for the Thrive Guys. Um, We've still got a few spots left open for that, but you have to be in the program already to get admitted to that. It's in Atlanta. I'm super excited about that. Um, There's a lot happening. We've got new coaches. We've got new enrollment advisors. A lot of things are happening, so we're super excited. Today, Uh, If you saw my post uh, this morning about brevity or it might have been last night, um, I wanted to really expound on what I call brevity. And this was something that I learned in sales um, and it's something I've applied to relationships and it works very, very well. So what I'm gonna talk about is really a client-only technique that I've decided to share with some of you who are in our Facebook group, and our Facebook community. Um, You know, you guys are hungry for knowledge, you're hungry to learn, and so I wanna give you this technique as, you know, really a way to say thank you uh, for being a part of what we're doing. And at the same time, really provide some value for you so that you feel like you're making progress in your journey, uh, whether with your wife or, you know, if you're going through divorce or whatever it is that is actually happening. So I call this the art of brevity or the power of brevity. So the definition of brevity is concise and exact use of words in writing or speech. I'll say that one more time, concise and exact use of words in writing or speech. Now, when you think about that, what a lot of us do is we're not used to that. First of all, right. We're used to explaining ourselves. We're used to, um, just, just word vomiting. Uh, and I see it all the time in the group. You'll see a guy write five paragraphs about how she did this to him and she did that. And all these things, the she, 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 as we call it, and, and, and he'll explain all of this but there's no brevity to it. There's no, there's no power to it, right? When you have, when you have a word vomit, it's really hard to figure out where that person's going. It'd be no different for me getting on here and just talking ad nauseum about random stuff and about just like, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to talk about my pool today. And then I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to talk about that and, 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 and not having any clear direction for where I'm going, uh, you guys wouldn't be able to follow me. You would be like, well, what is the purpose of this group? And what what is the purpose of what he's saying? And so when you think about brevity, I want you to understand it from that concept, that it is about being concise and having an exact usage of words in writing your speech. So here's why, I'm gonna start with that, why you must be brief, then I'll talk about when to use this, And then I'll talk about when not to use it. Okay. So I'm going to lay this training out for you very simply in as brevity or brief as I can. Um, I've got to wrap this uh, pretty quickly today as I have to run to my next appointment. So here's the thing, why you must be brief. Number one, your words are your wife's ammunition. I'll say that again. Your words are your wife's ammunition. So the more you're talking, the more you're saying, the more you're spilling all of these things, the more you say, it's easy for her to pull out what she wants to hear and use those words against you. If you've ever been in a conversation with with your wife or a woman and you're like, you know, basically saying, well, I'm just so tired of this and this is always happening and, and you never do this and all this. And what she heard was, oh, you don't think I ever do this for you, do you? Oh, you, and she gets offended, right? It's because you're word vomiting. You're putting all of this ammunition out there. It's like, you're throwing all these bullets out there and saying, hey, choose, choose which one you want to use against me because I'm laying it all down at your feet and I'm just giving you everything. Now, the reason a guy struggles with this is because he has no discipline over his mouth. He just goes and goes and goes and goes. And it's due to that lack of emotional regulation that's happening, right? You get fired up, you get, you see red, you see anger, you see sadness, whatever the thing is that you're feeling in that moment. And you feel like you must just put all your cards on the table and you just throw it all out there for her. And the fact of the matter is That's not going to help your situation because the more you do that, the more you put your words out there, especially words that are unhealthy, like always and never, and all those types of things. She can use those words against you. So the number one reason we must be brief is that your words are her ammunition. Number two, shutting up, like not talking as much creates a vacuum. If you notice, I just did that for you. Shutting up creates a vacuum. What you're doing is you're leaning into, okay, what does he mean by that? What is he saying? Right? So my, by me being brief or using brevity in that statement, it has more power. And what it does is it creates this vacuum where you suddenly want to hear more about what this person is saying. So when you're speaking with your wife and she's saying something to you, that's really toxic or whatever. And you just simply say, I hear you, I understand, yes, I get you. I see where you're coming from. That must hurt. Boy, that's tough. Wow, that's hard. All of that, what it's doing is it's creating this vacuum for her to wanna lean in and either talk more and give you, not ammunition, but give you her heart, because when a woman is sharing, when a woman is, is is giving all of this energy away to you, what she's doing is is giving you her heart. She's giving you her emotions, and she's putting it out there. Now, you have to be careful, because what we don't want is, we don't want to turn this into her lambasting you, her taking her anger and just just throwing it against you and basically calling you every name in the book. You're an asshole, you're this, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. You, You don't wanna be putting yourself in that position. But for most conversations, what we are aiming to do is create a vacuum where you are centered, where you are at peace, where you are strong and you can't be moved off that center, you will then create a vacuum Because it's leadership. So brevity is leadership. Brevity says, I don't have to control the conversation with using thousands of words. I don't have to yell and scream at the top of my lungs so you hear me. I'm going to be brief. I'm going to talk just like this. And what that's going to do is it's going to bring her, hopefully, doesn't work all the time, but most of the time it brings her down to this place of where you are at as a leader. Here's the other thing is brevity makes you a safe place, because when you're not arguing with her, you're not screaming at her, you're not using all this language, you're not you're not throwing all these bombs at her, you then become a safe place for her to share her emotions. Those emotions are gifts. She is telling you what she thinks, what she feels. And for a woman, when a woman is angry, it's next to love. And what I mean by that is that the emotion that she's feeling, if she's angry with you, That doesn't mean she doesn't love you. It actually means she still loves you and she has feelings for you, but there's a very, very thin line between love and hate. It's very real. Now, if a woman is talking to you and she's just very matter of fact, I don't like it when you do this. It really disappoints me when you talk like that. They're they're losing some of that emotion and they're just kind of matter of fact. That's when you have to be a little more concerned. But when she's actually saying these things, sharing these things, and you're able to be brief and you're just listening and you're saying, Okay, what I hear you saying is this, or you're feeling this, or you're feeling that, understood, totally acceptable, I get it, I hear you. You're, you. What you're doing is you're creating that safe place for her. The next thing it does is it makes her feel heard when you set the narrative properly. Setting the narrative is a term we use in our in our coaching program um, about, about how we set the narrative so she feels heard and understood. But when you use brevity and context with, with that... It's very, very powerful. And any of my clients could tell you about how this works and the dynamic of the relationship with their wife, but making her feel heard and understood is key to leadership. It's key to, to love. It's key to uh, being uh, in a place of of health with your wife and in the relationship you have. And, And this is something that I think a lot of you miss out on is that all of what we do here in Empowered Man isn't so that you can save your marriage. It is so that you can become a leader in your marriage, whether she's in it or not. I'm going to say that again. Our program, what we do, the Empowered Man VIP program, the Empowered Man Thrive program, the Empowered Man free group is so that you can become a leader and lead in your relationship, whether your wife is in the relationship or not. Because at the end of the day, you cannot control what she does. What you can control is what you do and how you show up. And so a lot of you are complaining about how she's done this and how she's blah, 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 and all this shit that you're just just word vomiting. And it's like, whoa, hold on a second. Let's look back and go, am I leading? How am I leading? How am I showing up? Am I making her feel heard? Am I using brevity? Am I just word vomiting all over her? Am I creating a vacuum? Am I a safe place for her to speak to? Because more than likely you're not. Here's the other thing is brevity disarms Toxicity, this is huge, huge because when you're able to be brief and you're able to be concise with your words and you're not, you're not searching for a hundred different words and you're just locked in and you're just focused on what you're actually saying, there's no reason for toxicity because you're, you're focused, you're locked in, you're hearing what she's saying and then you're being able, you're able to go back and say, okay, here's what's happening. Here's what we're doing, here's where we're going, boom. Honey, what you're saying is this, I understand that, that is something I need to work on, you're absolutely right. Or honey, I hear you, I hear that pain in your voice, that's something that I need to work on and become better at. And what that does is that that disarms all the yelling all the screaming, a lot of times. Now, there are some situations with mental illness and other things that is not always the case, and we can't control that. What we can do is, again, control us and not be moved. You must be solid like a rock because that's what she's looking for. Is she looking for a man who is solid as a rock, who isn't going to be all over the place, word vomiting, and oh, I'm so emotional, and all this other shit that's coming out of your mouth? who's actually focused and brief in his words and is measured in what he's saying, because look, even a fool when he's quiet looks wise. It's a, it's an old proverb. When a fool is quiet, he looks wise to the other, to the other person. It works the same way here that the quieter you are in just hearing and responding, doing what's called reflective or empathetic listening and responding to what she's saying. I hear you. These are things that you're seeing as challenges in our relationship that we need to work on. I hear that. And what you're doing is you're affirming her and you're being brief, okay? So brevity, when you're using brevity, your words are her ammunition. So being brief will get rid of that ammunition. Being brief will create a vacuum. Using brevity will make you a safe place. Using brevity will make her feel heard And especially when you set the narrative and using brevity will disarm toxicity. All right. So here's when you should be using it. Okay. Here's when you should be using it. When your wife wants out of the marriage is cheating or wants a divorce. So that's probably 95 to 99% of you should be using brevity right now with your wife. Too many of you are trying to have these long, elaborate discussions with her. You're trying to talk about your relationship. You're trying to figure out what's going on. You're accusing her of cheating. You're doing all this stuff because you're so emotional because you've lost your your security blanket of this relationship. Because let's be honest, men, this relationship is a security blanket for you. It is a pacifier. I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel emotion and I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. But what what has happened is it almost like brings you back to childhood when this type of situation happens. The very first time your wife says, I want out. I remember that very first time took me right back to being a child and feeling like a lost little boy. So we use brevity so that we don't come across as this lost little boy. That is not the time to share all your feelings and share all your emotions and how you're going to miss her and how much you wish that she would stay in this marriage and how you're going to change and all this blah, 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 bullshit. She doesn't need that at this point. What she needs is a strong man who feels the empathy and feels the pain, but understands what she's saying and goes back and reflects and says, it's time to work on me. It's time for me to understand how I've contributed to the failure of this marriage. The fact is, is my wife does not want to be with me and I've got to humble, humble myself. A lot of you are some cocky ass motherfuckers and you need to humble yourself and stop being so fucking arrogant and prideful. Yeah, I'm talking to you alpha bitches, right? You, you, you alpha male wannabes who think you're all hard and bad as shit because your wife submits to you. I'm talking to you, you need to humble yourself or you will be broken, okay? You will be broken and you will become a bitter-ass male is what you'll become. The fact is, is when your wife wants out, you've got to use brevity. When the situation has become toxic, you've got to use brevity. If she's cheating on you, you've got to use brevity. If she wants a divorce, you've got to use brevity. Brevity and not just throwing everything out there will help you. I can't guarantee that this one technique will save your marriage because look at the end of the day, your marriage is already over. And what you want to do is start a new marriage, but this can at least put you in position to have a new marriage. And that's what I aim for is for every guy to be put in the strongest, most powerful position possible to have a new marriage. So when to use brevity, when your wife wants out of the marriage is cheating or wants a divorce and when the situation becomes toxic, which is about 99% of you in this group or on my podcast. So here's when not to use brevity. My favorite place. When your wife has become a safe place for you again, when your wife has become a safe place for you again, you are then able to use, you don't have to use as much brevity at that point. At that point, you can be more honest with your feelings in a, in a more vulnerable state. Brevity. You can be honest with your feelings, but you must be clear about those feelings. I feel this way. This is what's going on in my heart versus I'm just a mess. I just don't understand. I just love you and you just don't love me anymore and blah, 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 right? When she's a safe place for you, that's when it's okay for you to be a little more messy. That doesn't happen until your wife has come back to the marriage. Plain and simple. Until your wife is actively coming back to the marriage, all of your emotional shit, should be put on behind you. And the only thing you're leading with is this focused, concise speech so that she hears and sees this man loves her and he's willing to work on himself and he's going to go do that and he's going to give her the time and the space and do it consistently and she's going to be able to do her thing and you're going to do your thing and you're going to deal with those emotions through our coaching program, through whatever, whatever you've got to do to deal with those emotions and find that safe place. She is not your safe place. If, she, if your wife has indicated, I don't want to be in this marriage. She is not your safe place. If she is not your safe place, then you must use gravity. Here's the thing. A lot of you in this group, you've hit a fork in the road and you know that you've got to make some decisions. Those decisions are hard decisions. Whether that decision is to to move forward with a divorce, whether that decision is to to stand and fight, whether that decision is to um try to catch her doing something, whatever. Uh Jamie, I saw your comment there. There's a video that we can link you to on coming back to the marriage that uh that I've already done that'll answer that exact question. Whatever it is that's happening, you've got you're faced with these decisions. And some of you are faced with decisions of change changing yourself and you go, Hey, I'm working on me. Uh, I'm doing these things. I'm working out. I'm changing my haircut, all this stuff, but those are the base level changes, right? I call this the floor. So in the empowered man, uh, continuum, if you will, there's three phases of the program, uh, uh or three phases of an empowered man journey. And phase one is that first recollection or that first understanding that you have got to make changes. And that's where most guys are in this group. You've come to this group. You're looking for validation. You're looking for ideas. You're looking for a new way of talking. You're looking for all kinds of shit because you don't know what the fuck to do. All you know is your wife wants out and you can't articulate with anybody else. You're embarrassed to tell anybody else. I've got, man, I've got big time CEOs and real estate investors in my program, multi-millionaires, all kinds of people that are going through shit. And they're too embarrassed to tell their friends about it. Right. And it's, it's, it's real. I remember going through this and being so embarrassed. I didn't want to tell any of my friends. I didn't want to tell my pastor. I didn't want to tell anybody about what I was going through because it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Right. And so you've come to this place where you're going, where do I go at? What, what, where do I go from here? And I love, uh, one of my favorite movies, the two thousands was the movie matrix. And Neo was given this sort of opportunity where, you know, uh, I can't remember the cap, the, the guy, the guy who's Lawrence Fishburne, or whatever his name was, sits down with him and says, basically, Hey, you've got a blue pill or you've got a red pill. If you take the blue pill, you're going to go right back to the matrix. You'll, you won't even remember this happened. You're just going to, just going to move on or you can take the red pill and you're going to find out the reality and you're going to find out what is actually down that rabbit hole. And I'm just telling you, if you do, it's going to shift and change your life. Men, our VIP program is that red pill. Because when you go down that red pill, when you take that red pill and you go down that rabbit hole, you are going to find out things about yourself that you might not like. You're going to find out things about your wife and your situation that you may not want to agree with. You may even combat me on some of the things that we train you in. And that's okay. We're not afraid of any of that. But the fact of the matter is, is we're gonna reveal truth to you that you're gonna be able to digest and it's gonna help you become a transformed, empowered man. Here's what's on the other side of that. What got you here won't get you to where you wanna go. The fact of the matter is is while, you, while you're in this free group right now or listening to this podcast, why you were here, you were here because you wanna change, you want new strategies, you wanna do all those things but this is just the base level and you can choose. I can stay here in this blue pill zone of kind of safe and happy, or I can take that red pill and figure out there are new strategies for how to diffuse the power your wife has over you to go through a healing process and to learn how to lead. That's what's on the other side. You know what else is on the other side? Freedom. Freedom is on the other side. If you're willing to go there, I've got guys that hits weeks, five, six in our program, and it is absolute game changing. The first couple of weeks, they're going through and they're applying stuff and they're getting results and they're seeing some things happen and shift. But man, when they get to that middle of the program or so, something shifts inside of them and they become totally different men. I see it every single time for the guys who actually lean in and do the work. Not one guy has come back and said, didn't really do anything for me. Because what they see is they they have that red pill experience and they come to the other side and they're like, oh my gosh, there is freedom here. There is healing here. And that's really what gets me is when a guy doesn't want to join, I'm okay with that, right? It's not for everyone. Not everyone is willing to put in the work and do the work. But what gets me is that he's missing out on his freedom. There's some of you listening right now that have talked to me or talked to any of my other guys, you know, on the phone, and you've realized, you know, that, hey, whatever for whatever reason you decided not to join, and, and and I feel bad for you, because you're missing out on your freedom, you're missing out on what could be because you're still stuck in your head, you are getting in your own fucking way, and you can't have what you want to have until you get out of your way, you're missing out on that freedom. And look, choosing the red pill is just the first step. You still have to do the work. But our program is set up so that you virtually can't fail. If you come in, we are going to hold your ass to the fire. And it's not to just do the work so we can say you completed an assignment or did whatever. But it's so that you have the support, so that you have the growth that you absolutely need, so that you can move forward in life. And that moving forward, in some cases, looks like, your wife coming back and you guys having a new marriage, not the old marriage. And in some cases it looks like a standing time of six months or a year where you're just waiting, but you've become better. You know how to communicate. She sees the changes. And in other cases for some guys, it's the decision of I've done what I can. She's decided to move on and I'm good with that. And I've accepted that reality. The fact is guys is you can't control your outcome with your wife. You just can't brief story on me is several, several years ago when I first went through some of this actually went through it twice with my ex wife. The very first one I begged, I pleaded, I made her give up the affair and she did a year and a half later. She did it again. I begged, I pleaded, I begged, I pleaded, I manipulated her to finally come back to the marriage within two years, our marriage was over. And it wasn't because I was a bad husband. It wasn't even because so much she was a a bad wife, but we couldn't deal with any of the shit because the coming back to the marriage was we were still rekindling the old marriage. We were still basing it on the old. We did not base it on the new. And when I started shifting my own self, when I started working on me and going through coaching and going through that process, it suddenly awakened me to the reality. I took the red pill and it awakened me to the reality of this is what I expect. This is what I want out of a marriage. Can you meet me there? And unfortunately in my situation, she wasn't able to meet me there. I don't know about your situation. Your situation may be completely different, but for me, that was my situation. I started to make changes. I started to shift. I started to go in this direction of healing and, and saying, I don't want to live this way. I don't want to have all this fear. I want to be able to be transparent. I want to be able to be honest. I want to be able to share these things. I had goals and I wanted to live those goals and I led the marriage in that direction. But because she wasn't able to follow, I made choices after that. And that is a powerful, powerful position to be in. Once you get over the idea of your wife, either leaving you or being with somebody else or whatever, once you get past that and you've taken that red pill, you start to see that there is empowerment for you that says, I don't need another person to be happy. I'll say that again. You don't need your wife to be happy. You don't, if she's your happiness, you have a fucking problem. If your wife is the only thing that makes you happy or is one of the biggest things that makes you happy, you have a problem. And that is a big reason why women leave marriages because men need to create an adventure to join to, for their wives to join in. They don't need to be the adventure. She's looking at you and saying, what's your adventure? I want to join you in that. I don't want to be your adventure. Huge key distinction that every man needs to know and needs to learn. If you're going to do this right, if you're going to move forward, if you're going to be in my group, whatever you're whatever you're doing, understand you must go create an adventure that invites her in to be with you. And if she don't come, fuck her. If she decides I don't want to join you in that because I'm hurt or whatever, that's fine. That's on her. You forgive her. You let her go. And she goes and does her thing. And maybe that was the best. Maybe that was the best situation that you guys could be in. But ultimately, you're in a better place. Guys, I've never been in a better place emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever you want to call it. I've never been in a better place in my life until I started making those decisions. So I started leading. So I started becoming empowered. And once I became an empowered man, there's no fucking stopping me. I'm at a place now in a new relationship that's super healthy, that is moving towards a potential marriage, et cetera. We don't fight. We've learned to, we communicate with each other in a very healthy way. We, we get rid of the little foxes as soon as they're around. We're honest and transparent with each other. We have healthy boundaries for each other. I still have my guy date night for myself where I date myself. I take myself out. That's always there and that will always be there. And those things are on the table. Why? Because I learned a new way to be as a man. That's the journey. That's the red pill I'm inviting you into today. If you're listening to this, you can go to empoweredman.com/book. Guys, I went way longer than I thought I was going to go. There's a lot of content here about using brevity, the art of it, uh, really giving you some, some high-level stuff. All right, guys, talk to you next time.
0: Empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group.